What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Well, hello, solar friends, and uh, welcome to 2022. We're back with another episode of Great Solar Business, the first one for the year, in fact. This week, we explore more secrets of how to build a great solar business. And in our first episode for the new year, to kick off, I thought it made sense to have a look back at last year and reflect a bit on what happened and why. And perhaps more even even more importantly, to take a look into the crystal ball and see what is likely to happen this year. When I thought about who to talk to about this, I couldn't think of anyone better than my old friend Warwick Johnston from Sunwiz, who spent more than a decade tracking the solar industry in Australia and beyond. And he was the obvious choice to join me for this topic. What happened, why, and what's next was welcome back to Great Solar Business. Fantastic to be on your show again, Nige. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, and Happy New Year to the listeners. So, mate, uh, you've been on before, and most people know you, but give us give us the short pitch on Sunwiz. Give us the 15-second elevator pitch. Sure thing. So, Nige, Sunwiz provides services to the businesses that make up the solar and storage industry, to manufacturers, wholesalers, retailers, and installers. We equip solar retailers with tools that simultaneously get more sales at higher prices and with lower overheads, and we also provide the information needed to make good decisions. And for the time for uh, SMEs, we also offer a we do it all for you service because DIY don't work when you've got no time. Nice, nice. There you go. That's the pitch. So um, services for the solar industry. I like that. And, and you're one of the one of the few people, actually, who is really, really targeted on that. So thanks for all, the, all you do for all the businesses out there, mate. So um, let's let's jump right in. Let's start by looking uh, at a bit at what happened to the solar market in Australia last year. Can you give us some headline statistics to kick off this conversation? Sure thing. I'm going to pull some information from our recently released year review report, and there's a free version of it called The Wrap that's available on our website. But let me begin by saying it was a record year. Uh, a record 5.2 gigawatts of solar power went in and with a record of 3.2 gigawatts in the sub 100 kilowatt space. Plus there was records in the one megawatt to 20 megawatt size range, which is pretty much on rooftops. And in amongst all of that, there were records set by most states. There were record system sizes and also monthly installation records. But... And it was a big but. Um, uh, growth was actually pretty poor in the markets that listeners are most active in. Um, the STC market grew by 10%. And look, in any other sector of the economy, 10% growth would be considered healthy. But yep. when you've grown by 33 to 50% each year for four <laughs> years running, when your yeah. market has grown fourfold in four years and when you still need to operate three times faster in order to transform our economy and address climate change, well, 10% <laughs> growth represents a crap year. 
Yeah, that's, that's a, I like that. It's a slump with growth. That's yeah, yeah. yeah it's very, and of course, I was hearing so, listening to someone the other day talking about the fact that you know, as prices can perpetually go down for the tech to get the same revenue, you actually need to sell more. Yeah, and people already feel like they're um, you know don't have enough time and running on the spot, but um, but still, uh, we need every solar business operating at peak velocity uh, and so that means what you're doing now you've got to get better at doing faster yeah yeah true wow so that's some that's some good headline statistics so and, and let's let's maybe uh, you know um, dive in a little bit and pick it apart to um, particularly start out with the residential sector it's it's tradition traditionally been a very very dominant sector and certainly is still large but you know Getting down to that sort of what sub fifteen kilowatt sort of level, how did we go last year? Is it still dominant? And 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 did we see the growth? Look, residential still represents eighty two percent of the sub one hundred kilowatt volume, and actually residential makes up fifty percent of all volume that went in last year, even when you include solar farms. So there's been some shifts within mm-hmm. it. Principally, we're seeing like ever-increasing residential system sizes as customers think, mm, I'm going to get an electric vehicle or two in the next couple of years. Mm. I better future-proof my solar system. And the other thing which is interesting is not only is residential a backbone of the solar industry uh, still, whether you be in solar farms, commercial, industrial, residential, residential systems are also being installed in postcodes that we thought might be saturated. These postcodes that were early movers on solar that embraced small solar power systems, those places aren't saturated. Those it's those places that are actually re-embracing solar, and we see uptake being uh, quite high in correlation with high uptake in those postcodes last year. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that, right. it's, let's just pause on that for a moment because you and I spent a lot of hours talking about you know at what point do we hit saturation and the, should the market slow and all that kind of stuff and. I know, you know, there are a lot of postcodes out there that are plus 50, 60, even 70% penetration. And what you're saying is is that we're getting into that remaining 10, 20, 30% of the market that's there. Well, I think that that's one aspect to it. And we certainly see postcodes that had lower average system sizes and older systems in there certainly putting more solar in now oh, it so tends to be, it's replacement markets really focused uh, on there though there's still you know, new there's still plenty of roofs there uh, but i think between all the roofs that we haven't yet reached plus all the ones we installed three kilowatts or less on seven years ago there's still plenty of legs left in residential pv wow wow that's amazing to me because we spent so much time thinking about this and i think you know we're we're breaking some rules in this industry about, um, you know, adoption curves, um, which is which is fascinating in itself. So, okay, Resi's really good. Resi's still growing. Uh, that makes me feel very uh, optimistic, even more optimistic that uh, that um, we could have a good year this year. And I, I read some of your other forecast um, uh, projections for this year which we'll talk about later on. Um, let's talk about the commercial sector. That that had a pretty rough year in 2019 particularly, sort of bounced back a bit, 2020, um, but was a bit up and down because of restrictions and people not being in businesses, of course, not being in the office anymore, working from home. How did we do last year? Did Did the commercial rooftop sector bounce back? 
It it did well in the sense that again it was another record year for sub one hundred kilowatt uh, commercial, uh, yep. and also a record when you incorporate uh, C and I into those figures and run them from fifteen kilowatts all the way up to ten thousand kilowatts. And it's been a record year in every year since the dawn of commercial PV. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, commercial market growth was dampened in 2020. It only grew by 10% uh, in that STC market space. 2021? Uh, no, 2020. It was dampened in 2020. 20... Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. actually increased to 19% in 2021. And that's not far off the 23% growth that occurred in 2019. So I uh, don't know if that's, I mean, that's just STC or all commercial, but um, it's certainly there's being a split. Um, there's it's shifting towards small commercial and then mm. industrial, whereas it always it used to be all about the 99 kilowatt system. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what we saw is growth was best in the 15 to 30 kilowatt range and in the 1 to 5 megawatt and 5 to 10 megawatt ranges. And those mm. ranges are the areas that propped up the figures for commercial PV. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So that's smaller businesses, you know, your, your fish and chip shop, your bakery, your, your, your Indian takeaway, all those kinds of little places where they can just fit 10 or 15 kilowatts on the roof. And then the big corporates, and we, we, we saw quite a lot of news about the big corporates who are, you know, rolling out big systems on on large commercial facilities and, and the hard bits in the middle now. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, this will shift again. And for listeners that may not be able to touch those, um, reach those megawatt scale systems just yet, you know, it's satisfying that you can still do a, a lot of volume in that 15 to 30 kilowatt range. And actually, we have information on which of the top uh, industries to target in those those ranges. And mm. you know, yes, there's some of what you, you mentioned, but there's some prize, some surprise ones there too. Interesting, interesting. So, you know, COVID restrictions clearly had an impact on, you know, everybody and everything uh so you know we're just going to accept that that had an impact of ups and downs and and i saw some figures that you had on you know some very obvious dips in the market that were caused by particularly those deep lockdowns but what else what what are the other factors that you think were impacting the market last year mate um and, and both in terms of ups and downs yeah, sure. So, yeah, lockdowns are certainly something that causes downs, but then in the past there's been a surge of activity after them as um, mm-hmm. demand happens during that period. Um, and look, you know, increases in freight prices are another direct impact of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, you know, more recently, staff availability, for example. So, uh, indirectly, uh, we saw that um, COVID created that home improvement boom in 2020 um, and then uh, economic uncertainty in 2021. So COVID's been <laughs> like pulling customers forward and like, you know, putting them on hold and then like a, a rush of them. So there's those factors and we can't control them, but, you know, they're still around. But beyond that, there's some economic fundamentals of PV have worsened. So mm-hmm. on top of that, probably temporary increase in PV system pricing. You've got electricity prices that are falling and pulling feed-in tariffs down with them. Yep. That's a situation that's going to last until the next coal-fired uh, generator exit the, the market. So probably going to persist for some years uh, to come. And as if that wasn't bad enough for system haybacks, you've got then those newly arising factors due to high penetration of PV. This is the you know, flip side of our success story. 
And those include that greater difficulty obtaining a grid connection, limits on the system size you can install or export limits, the remote control of systems and the possibility uh, yeah. of the sun tax, right? All of those yeah. can affect sentiment, but they also affect your economics as well. So in that light, we did pretty well to have a record year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only there was something that could optimise your plan when you were looking at tariffs and energy prices. Wait, I think there is. We'll come back to we'll come back to how how consumers and businesses can deal with those changing energy prices and, and for FITs, which as you say, have a huge impact. And interestingly, I, I was chatting with someone uh just before Christmas actually and asking how their year went. And um the flip side of this, which which is just just starting to emerge um, was that he, he mentioned, uh, I thought I was talking about export limits and, um, he said, Oh, you know what? Um, our network area where we predominantly operate, I'm not going to say where it is. It's, uh, it's his little secret, but, uh, our network area where we operate has done a really, really good job of proactively planning and doing upgrades in the right areas to allow more solar to come on. Mm-hmm. So we don't do any export limiting now. The network is able to take it. We know which areas we can move into, and we don't have those limits that we had one or two or three years ago. So that was quite exciting to me because we're now starting to see um, this evolution of the network and the growth in those hosting limits. And it's the first first real story I've heard about it just kind of quietly coming into play and and actually changing the dynamics of of what people can do with solar. So there's a some 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 ups and definitely some ups and downs in there, aren't there? Yeah. Um, now, uh, distill it right down. What are the three biggest lessons that you think solar businesses can can take from last year? Uh, good question, Nigel. First, I'd say it's really important to keep up with the latest trends. The solar industry never stands still, right? And the yeah. business models and approaches that worked two years ago aren't working so well nowadays. So it was interesting to see the top 20 retailers in 2021, seven were outside the top 22 years prior to that. So there's Mm. been a bit of a changing of the guard. So you really have to keep on your toes, right? Mm. Uh, Secondly, the second lesson, profitability has become a real numbers game. And that boils down to your conversion rate and your ability to sell at a higher margin and your ability to reduce your overheads. Gone is a time where it was all about just chasing the the cheapest equipment or a better deal on equipment. Now, to be profitable, you need to have, and everybody knows this, right? But you, you need to improve your sales skills, differentiate yourself in your proposal and website, concentrate your efforts where they're most fruitful, increase mm. the proportion of leads that come from referrals or organic sources, and then automate your solar businesses, your solar business, right? But so many businesses think that the best thing they can do is just to try harder. Yeah. And they forget to look up and realize that there's a better way. But um, yeah, it, it's really, it is becoming more and more challenging to become profitable uh, mm. especially in a market which isn't growing as fast as it used to it's it's become you know you've got to do something smarter than that mm. the third the third thing i'll say is it's uh time to do something different this is the third lesson um the problem is that people already don't have enough time in their business to make the changes they know they need to make or they don't have the resources to do them well but if they don't do them then they're just trapped on this solid business treadmill mm. and 
that often told story, ah, there's too many shonks and sharks in the industry, I'm fed up with it, been undercut, and so on and so on. Look, when you find you're saying it year after year, at some point it, it needs to dawn upon you that you can't change everyone else in the, in the industry. Who you can change is yourself and the way you approach it. And then mm -hmm. you start to see all the successful businesses out there that aren't complaining about being undercut anymore. They're the businesses that did something different. Mm -hmm. uh, sage words, mate, sage words. And a great spot for us to take a short break and hear a word from our sponsors. Solar Juice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy. Their inverters, SMA, Fronius and SunGrow. Along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business is also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with solaranalytics.com.au. Please do support our sponsors and uh, thanks heaps to the guys at Solar Juice who um, uh, do an awful lot for the industry and uh, certainly uh, we're hugely grateful for them helping to keep up keep the wheels turning here at GSB. Um, I'm also actually just going to throw a little shout out because of, of course, Solar Analytics, uh, my employer and particularly our CEO, Stefan Yarnison, who... Uh, d deserves a shout out because he graciously allows me to uh, invest an awful lot of time in uh, the work behind putting this show together. Cheers, boss. So um, let's get back to it. Uh, uh, and uh, let's get your crystal ball out, Mr. Warrickle. Let's talk about the future. What's going to happen this year? What do you expect the market to do in 2022? I don't know. Um, <laughs> more, more so than any year, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm done with predicting what's going to happen with the pandemic. Uh, but, yeah. you know, to be honest, I, I'm about 50-50 whether there'll be any growth in the STC market um, segment mm. this year. Mm. Uh, when I speak with businesses out there and do polls, etc., then plenty of businesses are optimistic about their own fortunes and think that they can grow. What I do tend to see is the um, businesses that have been in it longer or that are larger have more moderate or modest expectations of the year ahead than the businesses that are um, smaller or younger. And look, you know, it's been a soft start to the year. Uh, there's a whole yeah. range of factors there. Uh, with combination of you know, worsening paybacks. It's still the best place to put your money. It's better bet than um, than crypto, right? Uh, yeah. Solar still makes a really smart place to um, increase your disposable income if you um, if you finance it and all of that sort of stuff, right? So the underlying things are still really good. It's just that I just don't think we've got the hyper growth that we had uh, driving us for the, the previous years. So look, I, I'm... 50-50 uh, where there's going to be any any growth in it all. My my estimate was actually for a small uh, decrease in volume, um, about you know, mm. three or four percent. Uh, mm. But uh, at the same time, there's other ways of uh, making money in um, adjacent sectors, and that does include storage, include, includes EV charges, uh, a whole range of different things. You know, putting in those uh, you know, smart diverters into your hot water systems, uh, electrifying homes. 
there's still room for businesses that are servicing this sector to grow what they're doing and um, their revenues and profitability, uh, notwithstanding that the market isn't uh, likely to be growing uh, at, at you know, 30 to 50% a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty much on the same page as you, mate. I um I'm perhaps a little bit more optimistic, but of course it does depend on what happens with um uh with the big C and uh you know how how confident everyone is about their ability to get out and get out and about and do the things they need to do and spend money and earn money and all those kinds of things. So it's definitely an each way bet, isn't it, about um, about what could happen. What do, you, what do you think, I mean, uh, you, you touched on some of them. So the big opportunities this year is what I'm trying to get to. You know, where will they be? I mean, you, you, you've talked about the need for everyone to focus on their profitability. You've talked about some of those opportunities in EV chargers and, and smart home and all those kinds of things. Do you, do you think that's where the opportunities are this year or, or, or are there other things too? There's look. If I was going to nail it down to two, uh, sorry, boil it down to two, I'd say that um, the key thing I'd say is improving your profitability by reducing your overheads through automation. And part of the reason I see that as being essential is actually COVID-related. But putting aside COVID for a second, nobody likes doing menial tasks, mm. and no business owner likes training somebody who uh, training the next person to do the job when the previous gifted person left because they got bored right mm-hmm. but even more so no no business owner likes paying staff to sit around idle mm. right so in all these days of um, you know ups and downs of the solar industry to the extent that you've got to uh, flex your your business or you know sit sit around and wait for the, um, you know, the borders to open or or whatever to get back to work if you've got an automated solar business you're not paying staff to sit around doing nothing. And if you've got an automated solar business, you're also, uh, don't ha- your, your profitability comes through lower overheads. The second big opportunity I think comes through for making more money for your customers. And that can be through load control or storage or bill optimization. Geez, I wish somebody would build that. Uh, but, right. <laughs> but all of that requires greater engagement with your customers. Yep. And the key thing I see here as potentially an issue is that all of these things require you to be different. It require you to change. Like, And one of the biggest barriers to your business growth and business modernization is our inherent um, resistance to changing the way we do things and instead just kind of pressing on and trying to harder. So mm-hmm. the big opportunity, the big barriers to these opportunities or, or what will unleash these opportunities is when people go and say, right, this is the year that I'm going to do something different and I'm going to start now. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, and you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I've, I've experienced that myself over the years in businesses I've owned and run and, and also working for others. And, and change is, is always challenging, but... Um, as a wise colleague of mine says, well, if it's not working, what are we going to change? Let's change it now. We can't sit here on our hands. So change something, change something, change something. It's, it's, I like it. That's good advice. And that kind of, that kind of talks to the challenges as well. But are there, are there yeah, again, what are, what, what are the one or two big challenges that you see, mate? Or is it those same things? It's, it's similar. Look, it's, it's 
comparatively easy to grow your business when the market grows fourfold in four years. It's much tougher to grow your business, let alone sustain it, uh, when you've got a market that's stagnant and potentially system prices that are continuing to drop. And so the question for business owners from me is if the pie isn't growing, how are you going to grow your uh, share of the pie? Mm-hmm. Yep, I like it. I like it. That is the big. I think that is the number one challenge for this year because come hell or high water, we're going to have volatility and some ups and downs. And so, yeah, you know, making sure that you retain or grow your piece of the pie—that is, I reckon, that's the number one challenge for everyone out there this year. I like it. Yeah, and the and the hint I is like the. It. The answer isn't oh, I'll buy cheaper and sell cheaper in order to try and get some more market share. That, that's that's been done. Uh, it's not going to yep. um, it's not going to be the, the lasting solution. You need yep. to, if, you, yep. if you're going to build something lasting and enduring um, that operates in whether the market's growing or stagnant, then you need to be focusing on building a valuable brand. And in fact, you could you could argue and and tell me if you think I'm wrong. But when we look at uh... The, one of the very, very largest players in the market, that was exactly their strategy for some years. We'll be the biggest, so we can buy at the cheapest and we'll sell at the cheapest, and they are losing market share hand over fist. Am That's I right? Correct. That's correct, and then you see the the businesses that have had the greatest steadiness, if you like, uh, and this is just on their volumes, um, are those businesses that have invested in their brand, that have invested in all these systems and processes, etc. Those are the ones which weather the storm best. So how the mighty might fall it will be an interesting year to see where they get to this year and whether uh, that continues to play out or um, if they take your advice and change. All right, let's wrap it up, mate. If you had 100 solar retailers in a room and they said, was, get your crystal ball out, give us the top three tips for success this year. You, you kind of covered them, but sum them up. What are you going to say? Okay, automate your business processes. And if there's one thing that you're going to focus on first, automate your customer engagement. It can really um, drive great outcomes for you. Second one is differentiate your business, especially in your proposal. There's still so many businesses that are putting the same proposal as their competitor in front of the customer. The customer is looking at it going, Oh, this looks exactly the same. Yeah, the only difference you. is yeah. what's the, I need to, this one has Jinko and this one has Trina. I've never heard of either of them before because they're from outside the industry. Um, and all I can see is the different price. I'm just going to go and back fall back on what I know and price mm-hmm. is, is what it is. So, you know, this, if, you, if there's any way to differentiate, you differentiate your business, it's in your proposal. And the third tip I'd say is, Get experts in to help lift your game. And that can both be through business analytics, uh, uh, coaching, but also through sales training. Um, you know, if there's fewer opportunities to be making a, a sale, then every make every opportunity count. And I'll chuck in a, fourth, a cheeky fourth one. You know, get Sunwiz to do it all for you. <laughs> Nicely done, mate. Nicely done. Uh, really good advice there. A couple of a couple of gratuitous plugs, but absolutely, um, absolutely right on the money. And I, I, even with the plugs, mate, I, I, I think everything you're saying is is quite real. And, and there's certainly things that you and I have seen play out time and time again over the years. Was it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for joining me for the first one. We're out of time, um, but thanks for thanks for coming on the show. 
Thanks much, Nige. Uh, love the service you provide to the industry. Good on you, mate. Well, friends, that's a wrap. My name is Nigel Morris. I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. I hope you picked up some tips on how to build a great solar business, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business was also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with Solar Analytics.